spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to the 179th Annual Summer Session Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit. My name is Cody. I'm doing my pal Phil. How are you? Doing uh, doing a little better, Cody. How about yourself? Uh, not doing too bad. Do you want to... Can I tell you about... I haven't talked to you since I left. Um, let me tell you about my plane ride home. It was an okay. interesting one. Uh, so it was my first experience with having a child sitting directly behind me. Um, oh. And he kept constantly either kicking my seat or pushing his feet into it. It was quite annoying. His mom was sitting like right next to him or like across the aisle from him looking at him. And I was almost going to be like, can you tell him to quit kicking the fucking seat? Yeah. It's uh, you ever experienced that? I have had that experience before. Yes. And the lady actually apologized, but she did not do anything about it. No. So they never do. Basically. Basically, yeah, the situation is just as long as the kid's not screaming, everything's fine. That's the problem. Well, I so after that, right, I'm back in Minnesota. You can you get off the plane. You can just feel the airport's colder. And I get outside. I'm ordering a lift. It's like, hey, we're going to be there in 10 minutes, um, which turned into half an hour, by the way. (laughs) And because it was really busy for some reason. Anyway, so I'm sitting out in the cold, waiting for her to come, and I get in the car. She's a nice lady, but she seems to hate every state for some reason. Um, She didn't say it directly, but I think it was mostly she didn't, she was hinting at she didn't like liberals. She didn't say it directly, but I could (laughs) read between the tea tea (laughs) leaves, and I'm like, finally get to my car. I drive home. It's like one in the morning, and I'm like... Thank God that whole scenario, the whole five hours of nutsness was over and I could uh, just sit on the goddamn couch. But uh, so, yeah, that was an interesting ride home. I've never experienced it like that. Yeah, I've uh, well, I've been on, uh, you know, planes quite a few times and it's always something. Um, Actually, the best luck I've ever had was always the red eyes coming out of England, flying back to America. Those were always the best on British Airlines because you would get basically like an entire like that middle row to yourself on those big planes. So definitely the red eye out of England. That was my favorite ones. But yeah, all of the domestic flights, you know, when you're packed in there like sardines, basically it's a greyhound situation yeah it's terrible (laughs) have you rode on a greyhound before no i have not but uh yeah that's that's one of the points of basically trying to stay in the middle class right not riding the greyhound so making sure to always put your cart away at the grocery store you know never door dinging anyone you know those are just little things but greyhound that's a big one yeah so yeah yeah well uh you want to tell people go ahead go ahead 
Yeah, I was going to say this. Uh, so if you guys listened to the uh, podcast last week, you know that during that little trip that we took, I was sick. Uh, I blame it fully on going to New Mexico. Yeah. I also blame the sinus infection. The reason why we couldn't record yesterday also on uh, the return of the New Mexico dust into my system. <laughs> so I've definitely, since I moved away from New Mexico, what, nine years ago now, I've been sick a lot less. So that whole year and a half I lived in New Mexico, I was sick quite a bit. And uh, the dust there, I think uh, the reintroduction of the dust into my system may have given me a sinus infection. Probably, so, honestly, yeah. it probably did. It's very yeah. like it's weird. We're just riding in the car in your shirt. You had a black shirt on, and you could very yeah. clearly see like the sand in the air that was now on your shirt. Oh yeah, well because I had the I had the window rolled down a little bit because I was vaping the whole kind of trip. And yeah, we got out at that gas station and I just showed you my shirt and I said, look, see, and I shook it and just a fucking all that sand falls off. It's just in yeah. the air over there. So. Yeah. You know, what's funny. Speaking of uh, changing environments here. So it's been, obviously it's cold here right now and yep. it's very dry. And like the last two days, I'm getting fucking shocked everywhere I touch in my yep. house, which is usually a pretty good indication that's quite dry. And I had enough of it, so I had to turn on the humidifier for the house because literally yesterday I turned the light switch on and I saw the bright spark. And I knew I'm not going to keep dealing with this shit. Yeah, well, you especially because I know that you get basically like during the winter, like reptilian skin. Yeah. So you definitely need the humidifier. But yeah, uh, definitely during the winter in the fucking... The cold areas. I remember one time I was reaching for the remote and it was like a lightning bolt. <laughs> Basically, <Yeah. laughs> I, my hand was within like an inch and a half of the remote and it just connected. Like I basically, it was almost like more like grounding out than static electricity. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it, I don't know why dry air conducts more electricity, but uh, I always remember this one time I was living at the other house and I was in the basement it was dark, and I think I just fed the cats, and I was petting one of them, and I just, you know, you stick your hand out, let them smell it or whatever, and yep. there was like an arc that went from <laughs> my finger to that poor cat's little nose, and that cat <laughs> took off full fucking speed. I was like, oh, poor kitty. Was it? Is it? Was it Stinkfoot? No, it was uh, Lois. Okay. Um, oh, that, well, now I feel bad now for laughing. If it was Stinkfoot, I would have been like, oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> it probably no. deserved it. But it was funny because it was like the little arc and you saw like the flash of light in the room. Because <laughs> <laughs> the cat's nose is wet. I imagine it probably hurt more that it zapped the poor cat's nose. But uh, uh, but yeah, so that was I'm done with uh, getting shocked. I'm I'm over it. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad. Well. I'm glad I'm not back, like in Minnesota because I, I, uh, what was it? The, that Minnesota Iowa game, I kind of saw they did an overhead shot and, uh, yeah, it looked pretty shitty there. So it's pretty shitty here, but not as shitty as Buffalo, who got, I think, 66 inches of snow. Um, oh. we, we haven't, <laughs> have not we gotten need to give that it back yet. to Canada. Yeah. Just give it back to Canada. Yeah. Just dump it back on their border. <laughs> they like that stuff there. <laughs> yeah. Well, Phil, are you uh, you ready to get into this week's madness? Yeah, it's your turn, so let's hit it. All right. On this week's episode, 
we are going to be having a special Thanksgiving-themed episode. That's air quotes there. While Thanksgiving in America is usually known for families over-engorging themselves on food, watching the Macy's Day Parade for some god-awful reason, uh, watching football, or, you know, having conversations with your awkward relatives, it's always a personal favorite of mine. But what we, be, what we will be talking about today is a couple of individuals who had a much weirder Thanksgiving than most people that eventually led to a very, very gruesome murder, as we will we will find out uh, throughout this episode here. Um, it was funny, you know, we always talk about this. When I was at your place and I'm kind of brainstorming, like, what am I going to cover this week? What am I thinking? I saw a few things at the Uf- UFO Museum. I'm like, hey, I, I think I'm going to do that. And then yeah. I'm like, you know what? I forgot it's Thanksgiving. This is going to be coming out on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. But, um, and I stumbled upon this and I'm like, wow, this is a messed up story. Okay. Yeah. Black Friday used to be my favorite holiday because of the violence, but stores <laughs> have kind of curbed that now. And they basically, I feel bad for the people who like, work there because it used to be like the day after thanksgiving now all these places are opening their doors earlier and earlier a lot of a lot of places seem to be opening up at like four o'clock on thanksgiving so yeah it's a it's a it's gotten a little out of control um are yeah. you are you are you planning on shopping yeah i'm thinking about uh putting my hat in there you know sharpening up my elbows a little bit um i'm thinking maybe like a 65 70 inch tv or possibly getting one of those uh like two in one Keurigs, like the one with the the pot and the little cups. Okay. So getting something like that. I also need to get some gifts for my family. Yeah. So working around for that. <laughs> you know what? Spoil yourself. I told you about how wonderful a, a Roku TV is. I think I think yeah. you'd really like it. Um, I don't think I could ever go back now that I have it unless they come up with some other revolutionary thing. But uh, yeah, you got a TV that's like 12 years old now. You might as well treat yourself yeah definitely uh you're in the same boat so not having a wife or kids you definitely like you know around black friday you know you might as well treat yourself because you're not really obligated to treat anyone else no so it's kind of nice i the only thing i want to find and i doubt we'll be able to find it on sale is a new graphics card for my computer Ah. um but I've gotten waiting for it to go on sale, the one I want, but I haven't seen it go low enough yet. Hopefully Black Friday, maybe they'll bring bring something. But uh, but anyway, getting back to this here. Now, now the character, I guess, protagonist, I don't know if we should call her that, but uh, the woman we'll be mainly focusing on here for this tale is a woman by the name of Omaima Nelson. Okay, very okay. interesting name. Now, the story of Omaima is one of great tragedy, basically right from the start of her life. Now, uh, Omaima Nelson is going to be her name uh, later in life. Her original name, we don't really know what it is, but I saw one source that called her Omaima Ari, uh, and she was born in the year 1968. Now, this could be a middle name. I'm not sure, but we'll just kind of go with that. Now, she was born in a small village in southern Egypt. According to Omaima, her father had a violent temper and would both physically and sexually abuse her, 
her mother, and her other siblings. Omaima, Omaima at the age of seven was subjected to one of the most barbaric practices that still exist in certain parts of the world today, female circumcision. Which, yeah, uh, this is the medical term for this for you uh, people who don't know. Uh, it's basically when they remove the cl- clitoral hood and the clitoral glands, remove the inner labia and removal of the inner and outer labia and closure of the vulva. So it is, I saw like a picture of it. It's just brutal. It is just awful. And apparently this like makes sex extremely unenjoyable for women who's been subjected to this. So poor Omimus. Oh yeah. You you could imagine. It's, it's fucking, yeah, I've seen, it was um, basically like a dateline story on this. And just the way they describe it, basically, uh, it's the situation. I don't know if this is the same like practice, like country that they're talking about, but basically, they just like when uh, they reach adulthood, yeah, after their husbands basically force them to have sex with them because they don't enjoy it anymore, their husband then sews them back up pretty much. It's just fucking disgusting. Oh, Jesus. That's even worse than the description, Phil. Yeah, it's uh, basically this happens to him. Yeah, you said at the age of seven. seven. So that's pretty much when that Dateline story was saying it happened. So. Yeah, I they showed like the uh, the this one. I was most of my research came from like a shitload of websites, but I did watch one video, and they like showed what the tool looks like that they use on the women. It I don't even know. It looks like just a dull crude like it almost looks like a fucking um what do you call that like you dig in the garden like one of those uh oh yeah like a hand like one of those like a hoe like or uh like the spade yeah kind of like a yeah kind of like a a spade but it's like obviously more triangular shaped it's just like i don't know it's horrible poor omaima um yeah she had a she had a very rough life now, yeah, you're definitely well. You're definitely not supposed to say like the West is better, you know, like these days. But definitely in some ways it is. So yeah, it's like these situations. Obviously, this isn't you know prevalent all over the world. You know, it's you know very usually very kind of you know third worldy type places. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Obviously, I'm sure this has happened in America before, but um. I've never heard of it happening. Uh, if I'm pretty sure if someone did try to force it on someone, they would probably be in prison. Uh, yeah, it's it's not good. Now, we aren't sure when exactly this next event happened, but Omaima's mother would finally get sick of the abusive father and actually divorce him. And her and the children would move away from him and they would move into a slum in Cairo they earned the nickname the city of the dead because apparently the shacks that they lived in were just built right along the tombstones. So kind of a creepy place to live. Very, very, very poverty stricken. Yeah. Have you have you heard of this place before? I well, I mean, I've well, obviously I've heard of Cairo. I've never really heard. I've really heard of like you hear a lot about the slums in like South America maybe a bit more. I've never really heard of the slums in Cairo. 
I guess when you think of Egypt, kind of my mind always goes to like the Nile and, you know, the the tombs and all of it, kind of like the historical things, you know, the pyramids and things. But I mean, there's slums everywhere. So and oh, I imagine sure. um, kind of the description you gave, it sounds pretty terrible. Yeah, I just the way they're describing, they just kind of like they must have a bunch of tombs and they just like put housing <laughs> right next to them. Be like, all right, you guys, you live here now. It's uh, <laughs> it's just they well from the I don't know from the description it's almost like you can imagine a lot of these third world countries like their worst slums the people are basically living on top of each other yeah so, yeah know. well anyway when Omaima reached the age of eighteen she would actually meet an American oil worker whom we don't know his name uh, the two started having a sexual relationship and eventually Omaima's mother presumably for religious reasons. Uh, demanded that the two actually get married, and they would. Once the oil worker's job in Cairo was finished, both he and Omaima would move back to the United States and settle in Texas. Well, hell, well, I mean, even though it is <laughs> Texas, that sounds like an upgrade. Yeah, know? yeah, it just seems like a poor, poverty-stricken woman who's had a pretty terrible life so far. Let's just go ahead and move her to Texas. Yeah, unless it's Lubbock. I mean, it's definitely an upgrade. <laughs> Is Lubbock that bad? No, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's just it's funny to make fun of yeah. Lubbock. But um, yeah, no, that's kind of out in like kind of like cow country and a lot of cotton out there. A lot of it's very, um, very Eastern New Mexico like, which you've seen that it's basically it's an extension of Eastern New Mexico, just with better roads pretty much gotcha okay yep. yeah i'm not i don't know where they went in texas but uh okay. somewhere in texas there's quite a few spots to go but she's somewhere there maybe not... maybe a nice hit place like austin yeah maybe she settled there <laughs> hopefully <laughs> once in texas uh sadly the marriage didn't last uh which probably not really that big of a surprise Omama was then left in in the country where she didn't speak English very well. She had almost zero money. So she would start taking jobs that didn't really require ID and could be she could be paid under the table, such as a nanny or a housekeeper. And it, eventually she started getting like modeling gigs because she was a very pretty, pretty lady. And uh, I don't know, I guess they would just hire anybody for a model, I would assume. Being that she was poor and was having a hard time, this eventually devolved into Omaima starting to escalate into petty theft. You know, the, the escalation of crime when you don't really have any money. Uh, now, according to some sources, Omaima started to develop a little bit of an MO. She would find a new boyfriend, use them financially, basically burn all their money she could. Then yeah. she would basically skip town. Uh, and just move on to another guy. This eventually led to one of her boyfriends named Robert Hansen. She would actually tie him to a chair, threaten him with a shotgun, <laughs> and demand all of his money. And I imagine if you got a fucking shotgun in your face, you're probably going to give her your money. Yep. Yeah, normally you have to pay extra for this treatment. Yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, I was going to say for that first part, she's kind of a trailblazer. Because uh, just shacking up with the dude, spending his money, and then kind of, you know, leaving him high and dry. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty crazy there for the end. Uh, 
basically it's almost like 90 sitcoms would have that situation <laughs> yeah where it would be like you know the girl would tie the guy up to a bed and then basically he's thinking that he's gonna get some wild fantasy like fucking deer penthouse shit and then all of a sudden you know basically all of his shit's getting rattled through she's you know picking through his wallet taking all of his fucking shit so walking out with his tv what's funny is outside of the next guy we're going to be talking about um she could have been holding other men to gunpoint they just never came forward um but this guy did he'd eventually come forward with all this but uh so she could have been <laughs> robbing yeah. men at gunpoint i mean it seems like she knew what she was doing. Yeah, it's well, I mean, God, I'm trying to think of is this happening with that year in 1991? This is probably happening during the 80s. So definitely, yeah. I mean, maybe the guys back then would feel like maybe the cops wouldn't listen to them or they were kind of embarrassed or in, ashamed of getting robbed by, you know, some lady. Probably. So. Now, Omaima would kind of continue with her little M.O. here, all the way up until 1991. At this time, she was living in Orange County, California, and this alleged interaction is going to actually happen at every, you know, where all romance stories begin, a yep. pool hall, okay? Uh, meet your future wife at a pool hall. Now, Omaima, you know, she, she would lay her eyes upon a six or a 56 year old man by the name of William E. Bill Nelson. Now, Willie Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a celebrity story? <laughs> I, it might be. Uh, now, Bill, he was known to be a little bit of a, what we might call an eccentric gentleman. He drove a red Corvette. He wore bright red cowboy boots with a humongous gold belt buckle, and he loved to brag about all the money he had and all this land that he owned in Texas. I mean, what lady is going to resist that? Oh, definitely, yeah. Champion of the world. Um, I don't know if anyone out there has ever watched a show called The Good Place. Um, one of the main characters was actually... <laughs> um, he was trying to be nice, and he told one of his friends that the red cowboy boots that the guy bought looked really nice. So the dude bought him that pair, and because he's such a pushover, like you know, getting walked on all the time, he had to wear them basically to make <laughs> his friend happy. It was a pretty funny episode, but it just reminded me of that. Um, but yeah, you can picture this guy in your head, fucking fifty-six-year-old man, red Corvette, bright red cowboy boots, just a just a pleasure to be around. I'm yeah, sure. yeah, he's uh, he's though a if you meet him at the bar. He's definitely buying rounds. Oh, so for sure. rounds are on him. He's practically got the money just hanging out of his fly zipper, and he's just like, round for everybody, guys. Here we go. <laughs> Please be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> now, Bill would go on to tell Omaima, um, he was actually a pilot. Which, of course he was. Which was technically true, but the part that he left out was he was actually a marijuana smuggler. Had, and he had gotten busted and spent several years in prison. I don't think he he let her know that part. Uh, once he was released on parole, he would actually get lucky enough, get a great paying job at Cannon Mortgage. So that's pretty okay. cool. Within literally just a few days of meeting each other, Omaima and Bill would decide, you know what? Let's <laughs> not waste any time. We'll go ahead and uh, go ahead and get married. Now, Bill and Omaima didn't know this. Bill 
decided to also leave out the fact that he was still technically married to another woman when he's about to marry Omaima, but that that doesn't really matter. Um, and the story goes, they decided to get married, and they would actually call an Egyptian priest to do the little wedding ceremony over the phone, okay? I'm guessing she requested that. Then yep. they would visit, visit a justice of, justice of the peace in Phoenix, Arizona to kind of make the marriage official, and obviously they didn't have the best record-keeping to know that he just committed bigamy. I don't know if Arizona even cared, to be honest with you, but this is how they got married. Pretty romantic. Oh, huh? yeah. it's Phoenix is still the wild fucking West. Uh, it's, yeah. Um, Jesus. I mean, you couldn't pick, you know, much more of a romantic place than, you know, Phoenix, Arizona <laughs> to get married in, I suppose. There are some nice places out here I should, you know. Like outside of Phoenix, there are nice looking places. Phoenix is you've been here. It's kind of a yeah. drab dump. But, yeah. But yeah, it's I mean, this guy's not, you know, he's not low key at all. Basically, like I'm a pilot. Actually, I was a smuggler, but you can tell that by my dress. But <laughs> 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 I've done some crazy shit in my life. Also, by the way, that I'm marrying you after a week of meeting you still yeah. married to my other wife. Fucking what's her name again? <laughs> yeah, we don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah. They just said he was still married to somebody. We do know he yeah. has a daughter with somebody, but I'm assuming uh, he just didn't tell her that uh, he was still married to the probably the mother of that child. Oh, yeah. I'm guessing like this guy with all the traveling he's probably done. He sounds like a no rubber type dude. So no. I'm guessing he just fucking set up franchises all over the place. <laughs> now, apparently the newlyweds... <laughs> would decide to spend their honeymoon actually visiting Bill's relatives that lived in Texas and Arkansas. Uh, according to some of Bill's family members, they're actually a little bit skeptical because Omaima was 23 at the time, and obviously Bill was 56. But yep. Omaima, she knew how to win over Texas and Arkansas folks' hearts. Apparently, she was riding a horse. She got thrown off. But Omaima, she didn't cry or anything. She didn't you know, wince in pain or anything. All she did, she asked for some aspirin and some vodka. That's all she needed for the pain. The family was very impressed with her after that. Nice. Well, I mean, you know, she probably, she lived amongst the Texas folk when she moved. So that's pretty, um, I don't know. That'd be a big deal. Nice for them just to see her like riding a horse too, I guess. If they were horse people, you know, well, most Texans are, <laughs> I imagine. I would assume so. Folk. I've seen enough episodes of Walker, Texas Ranger, to know <laughs> most Texans ride horses. Yeah, but uh, I don't know if aspirin and vodka is the best combo, but you know what? Uh, it will dull the pain for a bit, that's for certain. Yep. Just don't over-medicate or else it'll dull it permanently. <laughs> so just <laughs> leave it at two. Two shots, two aspirin. You'll probably be fine. <laughs> don't take my medical advice, though. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> now, while the, you know, the couple... Newlyweds are in the honeymoon stage. Things are going great. But according to Omaima, we I'm going to say according to Omaima a lot here, okay? Because a lot yeah. of this is going to be from her testimony, okay? According to her, Bill, you know, he he seemed nice on the surface, but he actually wasn't that nice of a guy. Apparently, Bill eventually started to show some more violent tendencies post-honeymoon phase, and... 
He allegedly, according to her, would both physically and sexually abuse her, which, if this is true, could be the reason for the events that are about to transpire on Thanksgiving of 1991. So this is this is where the story gets a little complicated because we only know we only know her side of it and we don't really know Bill's side of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So this is all from her testimony. Um, but we can imagine if, you know, he has a wife that's, you know, kind of out of the picture and not exactly looking for him, then, you know, maybe it's, you know, I would kind of, he doesn't sound like the most stable dude is what I'm trying to get no. at. So, yeah. No, probably not. But uh, maybe once we talk about some of the crime scene, maybe you'll get an idea of what exactly went on. Actually, I'll be curious because there's a few different directions we can go kind of once we get to the closer to the end here and you kind of hear everything that happened. Now, um, I okay. don't usually give warnings but uh this is pretty gross um for the be- probably the next half an hour here <laughs> so yeah. but i think you know what we know our people they love this shit so we're not too worried about it on thanksgiving of 1991 bill o- bill and omaima were living in california at costa mesa apartments no idea where that is now according to omaima bill and her had engaged in some sort of BDSM play that involved her being tied to the bed. Now, this, as we'll find out, will be being tied to each post of said bed. So you're basically completely strong or strung out, right? Yeah, spread eagle, basically. Right, right. Okay. Eventually, Bill escalated and began to actually sexually assault her then was attempting to rape her and strangle her. According to Amaima, um, she later, she claims that she was actually held captive like this on the bed for several days. Again, this is what she's saying. At some point during this whole ordeal, according to Amaima, she got one hand free, grabbed a lamp, smashed it over Bill's head in an attempt to get him to stop, but she wasn't done there. She would actually grab a pair of scissors and repeatedly stab him in the chest and stomach. Then she would grab a clothing iron and pummel him to death with it, which um, they'll find he has like severe blunt force trauma on his head. So obviously Bill, very dead at this point. Um, So we don't, again, I guess I didn't delve too much into the details, but, uh, but yeah, it's... She's basically saying she was captive. He was violent. This is her defending herself, right? Yeah. So basically she is thinking he's eventually maybe going to kill her or never let her get up or yeah. She's just trying to get out of the situation. Right. According to her. According yeah. to her. Right. Now uh, I'll just continue on here because this is uh, kind of goes hand in hand. Now this is where it gets pretty depraved. Apparently Omaima after Bill was dead, she decided what is she going to do? She's got to get rid of Bill's body now. And as we'll hear, uh, she's going to go ahead and just start dismembering Bill, which would include cutting in, cutting his hands off and then putting them in boiling oil 
in an attempt to remove all the fingerprints, she would remove his head and place that in a deep fryer along with apparently turkey meat that they were cooking that day. Um, and then she would put the head in the freezer so it would freeze and then she could break out the teeth to prevent any de- dental records from being found. Okay. Omaima uh, would admit at some point she just straight up castrated uh, Bill here. Omaima would continue to dismember Bill's body, putting a bunch of his body parts in trash bags and then put those in suitcases. And she would grind up a lot of him just straight up in the garbage disposal. We'll hear later, or it'll be said later, that apparently the neighbors, the neighbors to them, they actually heard cutting, chopping, and the sounds of the garbage disposal running for over 12 hours. So, yeah, so she is, I don't know. This seems like, to me, it's like this, (laughs) this crazy of a thing that's going on here, um... Doesn't sound like someone's first time. No, this is not. Well, that's here's the weird thing. So it's definitely like all of this besides the garbage disposal thing. That's not a very good idea because your garbage disposal doesn't really get rid of stuff. Um, But yeah, it's like dismembering like like how do you put this? Uh, Dismembering a body would be really hard to do with like the knives and stuff that you have like around your apartment in this situation. So I, it's like, it's crazy. I don't know exactly how good of a job she did. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking like a movie where the mobster comes in, they have, they have the guy come in to dismember and dispose of the body. Um, If it's taking her over a 12 hour period, she's obviously not a pro, but definitely she's either thought about this or, you know, like maybe has seen it done before or something like that. You can't just like go into it cold, you know, be like, Oh, I'm just going to cut up this body. Like I just, I know to boil off the fingerprints and break out the teeth. And unless she's a super true crime fan, I doubt, you know, she would think about all of these things. Yeah. I don't know. Obviously not her first rodeo. No. And obviously we don't know if, she has done this to somebody else. Obviously they never, she never admits to it or anything, but I don't know. This seems like quite an escalation. (laughs) If it's just her in self-defense now trying to basically eradicate his whole body. Um, yeah, I don't know. Now after she's arrested, this kind of statement's going to come from she's arrested and she's being evaluated by a psychologist Um, She actually told the psychologist that she had removed some of Bill's ribs, okay? She covered them in barbecue sauce, and then she actually baked them. And she apparently really enjoyed consuming Bill's ribs because she told the psychologist this exact quote, It's so sweet, nothing is sweeter than her husband's meat. Again, (sighs) yeah, again, okay. We don't know if this is true or not, but this is what she told the psychologist, okay? It's, again, this seems like quite an escalation. Yeah. Um. Jesus, is she trying to go for some kind of, like, you know... Insanity defense. Insanity that was my, defense? That was, or... my, that was my first thought. If someone says something this crazy? Yeah. Well, also, it's a not a first-time situation, if it's true. You know, like 
maybe I don't know if she has, you know, took odd jobs because there's a lot of people who like a lot of those meatpacking plants will hire migrant laborers. So unless she had a job kind of a, a meatpacking plant, like dissecting, uh, you know, a cow or a pig's body, she sounds like she's pretty good at this. Yeah. So, I don't. Um, there's no. She never said she worked at any of those, but maybe she did. Here's yeah, the. If she's if she's killing and cleaning a human body like this, it's pretty. You know, if she's actually doing it, you know what I mean. Here's but. the thing, um, and not to be too grotesque here, but it doesn't seem like humans have meat on their ribs like a pig or a cow does. I don't think. Right? Maybe we do. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Well, I mean, unless he was a bigger fella, maybe I mean, he does. I mean, if he was a skinny dude, then I can't see. Um, I'm pretty sure the bacon on a pig comes from the the meat between the ribs and the stomach. That's where like the bacon is. No, that's the belly. Um, it's the belly. That's the belly. Okay. Um. Yeah, but obviously humans and pigs are are different. But, yeah. You know, pretty similar. Um. Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, maybe. Yeah, that's weird. Also, I can't imagine <laughs> I can't imagine a human, you know, especially like a 56-year-old man having like, you know, the meat tasting good. You know what I mean? Like even a cow. Like you you'll never like a, eating a cow. You'll never eat a like cattle that's actually oh. old. Like most you'll probably the oldest you'll eat is maybe like one that's like one and a half, two years old. So the meat gets really bad after, you know, certain ages and everything like that. I still, but I mean, that's why I kind of think she's going for insanity. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing is like, like you mentioned, I didn't, you know, cows, obviously your pigs, you won't eat them when they're old, but, uh, I even remember chickens. Like we had, we still, my parents still have chickens. Um, and they're mostly, you know, to lay eggs, but I think after like a year, even maybe before a year you want to eat a chicken anything over that it's like the meat's not good anymore yeah definitely it's yeah it's that situation with like most livestock i think um yeah i remember your dog shep really liked <laughs> chicken of any age but just <laughs> rip them apart he was uh he was a little bloodthirsty a little bit yeah but <laughs> yeah i think um i don't really know it's it's the situation where maybe she might she, you know, people like watching a lot of movies and TVs, movie and television. They're trying to like figure out like what can they say that, you know, like, oh, shit, I've taken this too far. You know, oh, you know, I ate them too, basically something like that. Right. Yeah. I Unless there was evidence of like <clears throat> her cooking the meat, you know. Well, we'll kind of go through what the police found. They didn't find that. I can tell you that much. Um, OK. Yeah. But what we're going to do now is. I just read that part about the what she said in court, but we're going to pretend like in the story she had just killed him. She started to dismember him. The cops are not involved yet, and we're going to go to basically what she did next here. So the next event is going to happen on December 1st, which obviously not exactly sure what day Thanksgiving was this year, but it's probably within a few days here. So December 1st, a man by the name of Jose Esquivel, uh, a man who apparently had once dated Omaima in the past. It's funny on the video, he actually claims he didn't, he only knew her as an acquaintance, but somehow you dated her <laughs> in the past. 
anyway, yeah. uh, I think that's just him like backing himself away from her. But anyway, <laughs> uh, it was actually like one in the morning. He starts hearing a loud pounding on his front door. And he was, you know, suspicious like anybody would be. He peered out his window and he saw a red Corvette sitting in the driveway. He didn't know who it was. He didn't even want to. It was so late at night. He didn't even want to bother. So he just went back to bed and answer the door. Twelve yep. hours later, at about 1 p.m. that same day, another loud pounding on the front door. This time he actually answered it. And it was Omaima. She was bawling her eyes out and she had cuts all over her face. Uh, she went on to tell Jose that her husband had attacked her and she had to kill him in self-defense. She told Jose that she had, you know, began to cut up his body and she needed his help in disposing of it. She told Jose, hey, help me out. I'll give you 75 grand. Now, Jose this whole time, he must he must know some, like what to do because all he did was he played it cool. He's like, yeah, yeah, man, go go this and that. Uh, she said she had to go get a bigger vehicle to, like, dispose yeah. of the body. The second she took off, Jose called the fucking cops <laughs> immediately. Smart guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How much, like, listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. How many of those dudes who end up getting, like, conspiracy to commit or to help dispose of should have done this right away? Yeah. Like, every time you hear about, like, oh, you know, somebody asked a friend or an acquaintance to help them, you know, cut up a body with, you know, the promise of money later. And they're just like, oh, okay, well, whatever. I'll just help you carry some bags out, whatever. It's like, dude, call the fucking cops. Yeah. Get yourself out of this. Yeah. You already know too much. Yeah. If someone <laughs> You're in trouble just for her telling you this. Yeah. If someone tells you I just dismembered somebody, I need, you, need your help burying them, fuck that. Don't say a goddamn word. Or just call yeah, the cops. Or- they got to be or or they got to be like close family or pretty tight. You know what I mean? Like you got be, you better be more than just someone you fucked a couple of times. Yeah. You know, it's just funny. He's like, oh, we dated in the past, but I just kind of knew her. I didn't really know her. It's like, Jose, you knew her. You probably had sex with her. Jose, why else would she be coming to you if you're just yeah. an acquaintance? If you barely know her, but she came to your door twice to ask you for help she's touched your dick at least once it's, yeah it happened yeah. <laughs> and jose you might be involved in some stuff where she thought you'd be cool with it i don't know that was a, unless he was the last guy she was with before bill i don't really know um he might have he might have tried to work something where he was kind of telling her that you know he was involved with some stuff just to give him a air of mystery but obviously he wasn't if he called the police immediately (laughs) afterwards if he felt comfortable with his position enough that he can go talk to the cops yeah yeah Yeah. he's probably fine he pays his taxes and stuff yeah he's not stealing cable no no well either way jose called them police would come to jose's place now as i mentioned omaima she had left apparently to get a larger vehicle and the cops were just sitting there and then she was not able to find a larger vehicle, so she just came back in the red Corvette. Police, you know, they had a few questions for her. Uh, yeah. She actually told the cops that Bill, you know, he's on a, <laughs> he's in Florida on a business trip. I don't know where he is. <laughs> and in the passenger seat of the car, they noticed there's like a weird looking suitcase there. And it yeah. wasn't really clear if they could like see something sticking out of it or if she just allowed them to search the car, but they, they opened up the suitcase and actually 
full of organs, just human ah. organs. And the cop said they could tell it was an older smoker because they had the lungs were in there and they had black spots. So they, yep. that you know, they immediately knew. Now, Omaima, you know, bust the red handed. Her excuse, this was actually someone that Bill killed and she, he, he was making her get rid of the body. Yep. Perfect alibi there. I I have expected there to be like uh, one of the red cowboy boots kind of like half sticking out of the suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I How do you talk yourself out of you're in a car and you got a suitcase full of human organs? It's going to be hard to whittle your way. I don't even know if Jeff Bezos could get out of that one. Oh, yeah. You're just basically riding down the road in a car, <laughs> fucking suitcase full of organ meat. Oh, my, my, what have we gotten ourselves into this time? Yeah. <laughs> Just the Curb Your Enthusiasm music plays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so naturally, after you find a woman with a suitcase full of organs, police got yep. a search warrant for the apartment. No surprise there. Um, they were in for quite a shock when they entered the, the premises here. Uh, in the bedroom... There was the the mattress completely soaked in blood. And this is the interesting point that the bedposts were broken. They could tell yeah. that somebody was tied to the bed and they were all broken. They Obviously, it's hard to tell whether it was Omaima or if it was Bill, obviously. Now, in the bathroom, this is really shocking. It kind of reminds you of other true crime stuff that you've seen, but she had actually hung Bill's body from a hook on the ceiling and drain, obviously draining his blood into the bathtub. He was completely skinned, completely gutted, and he was just kind of just hanging there. In the kitchen, they would find the two hands still sitting in the deep fryer. Um, in the freezer, they found Bill's head badly burned because of her deep frying it. Uh, in the garbage, they found a human hip bone along with just piles of Bill's flesh mixed with turkey meat, which they thought or they were alluding to that maybe she was doing this so people didn't think it was somebody's body and they just thought it was like leftover turkey meat, yeah. I guess. Just just like everyone else's home in America a few yeah. days after Thanksgiving, yeah. there's just piles of random whatever meat they ate. Yeah. Still, you know, they're making sandwiches out of it for, you know, four days. And then whatever mom wants to, you know, make after that week mark, you're you're just eating random, you know, meat made into stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Turkey helper, basically. Now, this is kind of shocking because Bill was... I got, let me remember, six foot four, and I think he was over 300 pounds. So he's quite a big guy. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently once they kind of got him, I guess, all the pieces of him in their custody, they actually discovered that 80 to 100 pounds of his body mass was completely missing, which they assume is her grinding it up in the garbage disposal, which if it was running for 12 hours, probably makes sense. Yeah, that I've got to get the name of that garbage disposal because that is a quality product. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure the garbage disposal I have in my apartment wouldn't even be able to like be on for five minutes through that kind of work. So my my yeah, mine in my house is pretty good, but 
all the apartments I've lived in just you put a goddamn hot dog in there and it almost gets jammed. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, all of the fucking people living in this apartment before me, you know, God knows what they put down that garbage disposal. It could have been something like this for all you know. <sighs> yeah. yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, so um Omaima here, she this is qu- quite a gruesome thing for someone who apparently this is the only time they've ever done this. Yeah, it's I mean, it's obviously pretty advanced. Um really, I mean, I could see if there was some sort of like if it was a rage kill. Um, maybe trying this, all of this out, like that first day or, you know, within the first few hours of it. But I mean, to keep at it for days and days, like you said, putting, putting meat down the disposal for 12 hours straight. Um, definitely, definitely a prolonged, you know, thing. Uh, maybe though it was in the kind of state of mind she was in just kind of like fight or flight, you know, panic mode situation. Um, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's like you you want to look at this and be like, oh, that can't be her first time. She must have done it before or, you, you know, um, but it's also so sloppily done that she's obviously not a pro. No, you know? no. It, um, also, it's geez. I mean, well, the cops, you know, once the cops question her, uh, she kind of panicked and just, you know, started making up whatever, just trying to you know, make it to the next, you know, get out of there, get out of custody. Hopefully they're thinking that it is someone else and Bill is still alive and made her do this. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Um, I, I'm going to give what I think at the very end here. Cause I have with a little bit more information here, I think then I can, uh, kind of reinforce what I think happened. Okay. But, uh, Maybe at the end we'll we'll double ask you what you think overall happened here. Um, but we'll hear let me tell you a few more details on the case here. Now Okay. Oh my mom oh, go ahead. Also I was gonna say too, it is odd that you well you I mean you you left a little breadcrumb there with the the fact that she liked to tie men to bed to the bed and then rob them. It was kind of her thing. Yeah. So yeah. and also um, all of the bedposts were broken as if a large man had, you know, tried to free himself maybe right while he was being beaten and stabbed to death. So, so I guess I'll just say it then. Yeah. That's basically, I think probably she lured him into probably saying she's going to do some BDSM stuff, got him to the bed, good, try to rob him. He wasn't giving her anything and maybe she was just so angry. She just started killing him. And then to cover her track, she did all this horrific shit. Yeah. And I mean, the the progression of a killer kind of, oh, it always starts off with uh, a lot of abuse as a child and then kind of moves up to petty crime and then like getting more and more major, kind of like where all of a sudden she's, you know, tying men up and robbing them at gunpoint kind of yeah. situation. So. She definitely has an escalation. That's for sure. Escalation. Yeah, definitely. This would be, I was just thinking about this. This would be a perfect Netflix thing to like interview all these people who like know Bill, knew what he was like, knew her, knew what she was like. You know what I'm saying? Like a really in-depth uh, series they did. 
Oh, definitely. The problem with Netflix is they would try to make her into the hero. <laughs> I, they didn't make Sally into the hero. They <laughs> In the beginning, yeah, they, they made... did, and then they fucking just flipped the switch on you. Yeah, but then it was kind of the heartwarming, like her getting out of prison and, you know, you know, rekindling the relationship with her family and all that stuff. So. Very true. Very, very yeah. true. Now, obviously, Omaima's arrested, you know, and that's not a surprise. Now, this is interesting. When they were kind of questioning her in jail, um, she apparently went through a few cycles here. She would at one point just start rambling to herself like a crazy person. Um, sometimes she would tell the cops that it was actually a, a voice like a demon in her head telling her she needed to dismember Bill's body, which she described as seeing like two women that were all bloody telling her that she needed to dismember it. That was like her demon or whatever. Um, mm. And then sometimes in questioning, she would just straight up act like, Bill, there's nothing wrong with him. He's still alive and fine. I don't know what you guys are talking about. So... Yeah. I don't know if this is just like psychosis kicking in for her or what, but, or if this is like an insanity defense thing, I don't know. But this is what the cops kind of said she did. Now, they would actually take her to a local hospital to perform a rape kit on her. Um, they wouldn't find any signs of sexual trauma. But again, I guess if we believe her, he was attempting to rape her and wasn't successful before she killed him. I guess that would make sense. Also, there's been a lot of days that have passed. I don't know, like, the time frame you need to be into for a rape kit to be effective, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah, if it was basically if it was on, what, the first that she had went and tried to get help to, uh, dumping the body, it would have been, you know, a few showers yeah. after. Well, so, also, also, I would be curious. Um, she claimed that she had been tied to the bed for like four days. There would be like ligature marks on her wrists and on her ankles. That's what I just still gonna, probably just going to get here. She didn't okay. have any of those, did not gotcha. have any of those, but she did have cuts on her face, cuts on her hands and cuts on her breast, which apparently is a sign that she was cutting herself from trying to dismember a body. Like incidental cutting, you know, whenever I guess this happens when you try to cut some of the pieces. Now, one of the things I saw claimed that Bill had marks on his hands, but also he was so he was basically like skinned and his hands were in a deep fryer. So it'd be really hard to like verify they were ligature marks on his hands. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, you can't, I mean, any sort of evidence of the murder wouldn't come from his body. It's completely, yeah, taken down. Yeah, so. so it's hard. I'm guessing that's why they can't confirm that he was tied to the bed or not, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Now, about a year later, on December of, or in December of 1992, Omaima was on trial for the murder of her husband, Bill Nelson. The prosecution was basically trying to prove that Omaima had lured Bill into a bondage session. She tied him up and then beat him to death in an attempt to get all of his money and didn't work, so she killed him. The defense was basically trying to prove the opposite, that Omaima had severe PTSD from childhood, which she probably did, and Bill was the one who tied her to the bed, sexually assaulted her. She managed to get free and then ended up killing him. Um... 
Amaima would be very adamant that she was basically blacked out the entire time she was dismembering him and she was in a psychotic state and she doesn't remember doing any of it at all. Yeah. And she definitely worked that right after uh, she was caught with, you know, like claiming that she was hearing a demon's voice and, you know, claiming that to the psychologist that she had ate the body, uh, parts of the body, the ribs. Yeah. So yeah. she definitely laid the groundwork for that, like right off the bat. If in fact she wasn't, you know, actually psychotic or in a psychotic state. Right. So. And there's no way to prove that, you know, that she yeah. doesn't remember any of it. So it's just kind of what is reported, I guess. Now, uh, in January of 1993, about a month later, uh, the jury would deliberate for six entire days before re- re- reaching a verdict. They would find Omaima not guilty of first-degree murder. However, they would find her guilty of second-degree murder and would also file assault charges against her for the robbery of her ex-boyfriend, Robert yep. Hansen. Uh, he was actually a key witness for the prosecution, so... He got his in the end there. Uh, she, Omaima was sentenced to 28 years to life at Central California Women's Facility in Chowchilla. I've heard of this prison before. Apparently, there's a lot of like big name female criminals here. Like, I think um, some of the Manson girls were here with her. Oh, okay. So gotcha. this is a this is a, a don't fuck around prison here. This is a hardcore prison. Yeah, it seems like almost every single state has their prison where they send their their headliners, their main kind of people. Um, you always hear about kind of like I think in New York it's Rikers Island. Um, you you know some of these big ones. Whenever anyone in Arizona like kills anyone or does something really bad, I I believe it's the one in Florence that they send them to. That's the really, you know, the really big one. The one where kind of like the murderers in Arizona go mm. to. I have, I believe I have heard of this prison though. I think, Churchill. I think the one here is in Stillwater. And I remember there was, I think they said they were keeping some of the 9-11 terrorists there temporarily. I remember that where they were getting treated at Mayo or something, something like that before they went to obviously Guantanamo Bay. Um, so yeah, they've had some pretty big name people up there. Um, yeah. So getting up, talking about her, like the, uh, I actually kind of agree with, um, you can, I mean, first degree murder, you can, you can argue it, but it's a little bit of a stretch, maybe kind of like what they were arguing was she was just trying to rob him. And then in a fit of anger, she, you know, violently stabbed and beat him to death. So basically they argued for second degree murder, like in the story, they, the prosecution in the story they told. So I definitely think they got, you know, what they were trying for. It seems like, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the main difference between first and second degree, first degree has like, um, some planning before you do it. Uh, I think if, yeah, if she put, if she said, I'm going to tie him to the bed and kill him like in advance. Right. Um, it depends kind of it's, it's up to interpretation, I believe on how far advanced there's some people who want to argue that, you know, it's basically like a split second of I'm going to pick up this rock and kill you now. That's first degree murder. When a lot of people would argue that that's second degree murder like a rage killing like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. That sort of thing. Right. Now, uh, apparently Omaima, once in prison, <laughs> she would actually start another romantic relationship with a uh, disabled man who was in his 70s at the time. They would eventually go ahead and get married so they can enjoy a few conjugal visits, you know, very, very yep. romantic there. Now, not long after they were, they were married, uh, that man would actually pass away, leaving Omaima basically all his wealth, which was apparently quite a bit of money. In, mm. in 2006, she was denied parole. In 2011, she was again denied parole because they felt like she had not taken responsibility for the murder. And she will be eligible for parole again in 2026. So she, you know, that's four years. Um, so maybe she'll be getting out. I doubt it. What do you think? Yeah. You, so in 1993, she was sentenced 28 years to life. Yep. So that means that it is, what is that? Uh, 2018... 20 okay yeah so that kind of that's the 2026 so basically her next parole is 28 years after her sentencing i so, think i think they still have to oh, agree to parole her right um yeah they still so it's 20 28 years to life so or no it's not exactly 28 years but it's about um yeah i would say i mean it's really, it's good that, well, the funny thing is she's left all this money, but she can't spend any of it. You know, maybe somebody is injecting that money into her commissary, you know, so she can buy fucking tampons and hot pockets and shit. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, hopefully she never gets out, you know, yeah, I, this... it definitely, I mean, if she didn't get caught with, if the stupidest thing that she did was doing this to somebody that she married, I mean, obviously, this is a, a, you know, a seasoned serial killer would use this guy as her front and then do this to random men who she kind of like met, you know, out on the road and shit. You know, she was yeah. shitting where she was eating, basically, is I mean, especially, you know, you're when you're looking for a serial killer, you're not really looking for like a good looking 23 year old chick doing this. No. So she definitely she could have gotten away with that. For years, maybe decades. Well, I think, you know, she probably falls into the category of about 95% of murders where it's lovers, you know what I mean? Lover murders. Yeah. It's always someone who knows another person. But uh, do, what do you do you think that she tied Bill up and then did all this? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know if she exactly meant kill him right away, which is why I was second degree murder it's kind of like where you know like where it's at um it's amazing she didn't you know try to like i was saying before it's amazing that she didn't like kind of use him more as a front and go after other people but you're not really in the mind i can kind of tell that you don't really think that she was uh like a serial killer in the making no i just i kind of think she just had a pattern of robbing men and this is something triggered her and just she killed him. I don't know. I don't know what happened, what was said, what whatever, but it's, she did so, or something happened and she just decided to kill him. It's very it's kind of close to like kind of the Eileen Wernos. Um like meth, you know, like she kind of got an MO of robbing men 
started killing them. Um, kind of like that situation. Yeah. So I think it could be maybe the start of like a serial killer. Um, could have like been. The, yeah. Kind of like those early erratic, kind of like those erratic days, those early, you know, like all these serial killers always, their first crimes are always, you know, really messy. And that's usually where a serial killer will get caught. If they get caught, you know, not decades after they'll get caught right away, you know, fucking up basically just kind of, you know, taking out their rage or, you know, not having the methods down basically, or their, what is a small town murder calls it the, the dismount basically oh, not, yeah. not having their dismount down. Yeah. That she kind of reminds, do you remember Catherine Knight? No, she was the Australian who, um, I, I don't remember the exact details, but basically she killed her boyfriend or husband and then like was cut him up and was like hanging his skin from the curtains, I think, and stuff like that. No, no, I never heard of him. Okay. She is very famous. It was just like she snapped and then basically took his skin off and was like drying it and stuff. And it was really strange. Um, it's a very strange story. Maybe we'll have to cover it one day, but, uh, but yeah, it was funny because I was first researching this and I'm like, yeah. oh, maybe this is self-defense. And then I'm reading more and I'm reading more and I'm reading more. And I'm like, actually, I think she's just a cold-blooded killer. Yeah, it was. I mean, hopefully the situation is this was the first one. And there isn't like, you know, two or three other dudes who she, you know, was doing her fucking novice stage through. So um, hopefully there isn't like, you know, just a list of dudes out there who, though it's been, it's been almost three decades by now, she would have, you know, by now she would have probably spilled it or they would have been found or she would have yeah. been connected to other men who, who were killed in similar ways. So I, yeah, I, it, I, it is probably just this dude. He's probably just the first one. Yeah. We don't really know Bill's character there. Nobody. The thing is, it's like. There, when you're reading all these articles, there's no real like testimony from people who knew Bill, like defending him as like a good person or anything. So I don't really know if he was violent or not. I'm kind of leaning towards he wasn't, but uh, I, it's hard to say. It's just a tragic uh, murder on Thanksgiving. Hopefully, uh, nobody has to go through this on their Thanksgiving. Hopefully, everybody has a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, good food and, you know, hanging out with your relative. There's not too much, you know, all the political, you know, everyone talking about that stuff. That's a, that's never fun. Don't be that guy also. I just, <laughs> or lady I just, who brings up, you know, bad shit. I just does wanna, everyone have nice conversations? I just want to eat, um, yep. you know, talk a little and watch football all day. Probably, you know, around supper time, have some leftovers and just chill and not think about anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nothing's better than... So, obviously, you know, the dinner's great. But then that late night, you know, the turkey making the sandwiches out of the turkey or... We're having roast beef this year, so I'm, fucking, I'm super... I'm stoked about that. But, yeah, making those first rounds of sandwiches when the meat's still, like, you know, decent to eat. It hasn't been in the fridge for a week. So, those are always the best sandwiches. Have some sandwiches, have some leftover pie. All the leftovers are still good. So oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we uh I'm looking forward to it. Uh not just the aspect of not going to work, but also 
just it's like the best food of the year i think at family gatherings it's like the best I oh think. yeah definitely it's definitely my favorite food food holiday yeah yeah it's great because you can just eat talk and there's no like presents there's no like celebrating a birthday there's no none of that you just eat and hang out that's all you got to do definitely yeah but uh but yeah uh if anybody wants to contact us about uh i guess the story or maybe tell us a non-mergerous event that happened on your thanksgiving uh where can they reach us phil yeah, if they want to tell us about their Thanksgiving or wish us a happy Thanksgiving or whatever, you know, you can get a hold of us at our email, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, love hearing from everybody. It's always great, you know, getting the messages. Probably an even easier and better way to get a hold of us is through our Instagram account. We are at Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Uh, same thing, you know, love all the messages, all the likes and shares. Uh, I have really been trying to make an effort on you know posting shit more so hopefully you guys have seen those uh cody and i also have our own instagram accounts mine is sd pod phil i never use it and i never check it so thanks if you left me something on there i have no idea cody <laughs> you have one yeah you can follow me at cody's above follow me send me a message do whatever you want don't follow me i don't really care uh the last thing we need you guys to do is to <laughs> Uh, log on to iTunes, leave a show five-star review, preferably written. Just type whatever you want in there. Uh, prefer Just type something nice. Hit five stars. Hit submit. Thank you for everyone who's taking time to do that. If you're a Spotify user, it's even easier and you're anonymous. Uh, hit five-star. You don't type anything. That's it. Review submitted. Thank you to everybody who's taking time to do that for us as well. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed uh, a little gruesome Thanksgiving tale of terror here poor bill didn't deserve to be hacked up alive we'll see you guys next week or maybe he did we don't really know we are thanks guys (laughs) thanks